Hello. Hello. I'm Casey. I'm Sarah. And we are Relatively Dark. Okay, here we are. Part two. Part dos. Part dos. Dos. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just going to jump right into this. Uh, we chit-chat earlier, so I know you're okay and I'm okay. We're good. We're good. Actually, I don't even think I asked you how you were. You didn't. I'm <laughs> fine, by the way. I love you. <laughs> and I do want to apologize if my voice is kind of scratchy. We had a little get-together, so I was talking a lot and a little bit of singing and yelling at the nephews yep. so <laughs> uh my voice was hoarse this morning also from singing but um i cried last night a good cry though it was emotional um tears of joy so yeah but i might be a little scratchy too <laughs> so we apologize um so where we left off in part one it was november 16th 2013 the jameson family had been missing for about well over four years mm-hmm and hunters in the woods had come across something on the ground that raised a lot of suspicions and they called authorities and it turned out to be a human skull yes so now we're gonna pick up on all of that yes tell me before i do that i need to make some corrections that was not me that was me i'm so sorry (laughs) is it your husband yes (laughs) it was downstairs yes (laughs) okay um So I said some things that were not true or that I found clarification on, and I want to get those out of the way. Okay. So the first one is that I said that Bobby's mother lived with them for a time. Mm Mm-hmm. It was not Bobby's mother. It was Sherilyn's mother. Okay. Yes, and her name is Connie Cocatan. Connie Cocatan. Yes. So she's the one who lived with them for a while. Okay. It was not Starlet. It was Bobby's mother's name. Gotcha. Um, I also think that I said that Bobby Jameson's brother carried out his father's will. Mm-hmm. That's not true either. Okay. It was Bobby Jameson's uncle. Okay. So they had the same name, right? Yeah. So it was Bobby Jameson's uncle, his father's brother. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That was confusing when I first read it. Okay. I also mm-hmm. said, there's a few, sorry. I also said that Madison was the beneficiary in Bobby's father's will, mm-hmm. right? I had said that I didn't know if he cut out anybody else other than Bobby and Sherilyn, so I didn't know if Madison's part was originally their part. Yeah. But in a newspaper article, it said that Madison was the sole beneficiary. Okay, so he didn't even cut anybody out. Right. It was so always like, just her. Yeah, so his brother, anybody. Gotcha. It was just Madison. Um next <laughs> yeah i mentioned that the dog being in the truck is what alerted sheriff beecham that something may be wrong mm-hmm. it wasn't just the dog it was the fact that there had been a family seen days before with the truck gotcha does that make sense yeah so it wasn't just like oh there's a dog in there that's not right it was like there was a family with that dog yeah where's so, the family yeah that's what raised suspicions for him there was a lot of information on this so it's hard to get everything together oh i completely <laughs> understand um the dog Maisie survived. Good. Yes, this was verified by Sherilyn's mom, Connie. And I think that she went to live with maybe Bobby's mother, mm-hmm. the dog. I'm not 100% on that, but the dog did live. Um, the picture of Madison that was on the phone. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that some people believe that she looked extremely uncomfortable or scared in this picture. Um, her arms were crossed, but they weren't just like normal. They were kind of like holding each other. I can show you, and I'll obviously post it. 
but some people think that maybe someone other than Bobby or Sherilyn took that picture because of how uncomfortable she looks. Yeah. I don't necessarily think so because people say that kids love having their kid, uh, sorry, people say that kids love having their picture taken. That's not, not true. Not all kids are yeah. like that and especially if they're in a certain mood. So to me, it was just like she was just trying to do what her parents said. That's what I got from it. Yeah, I mean, but, it, you can make it ominous if you, right? If you think about it, and if you don't think it's ominous, you can sway that way too. I think so, but I don't know if that made sense. But I think it does. <laughs> so I'm going to show you the picture, and you can tell me what you think. Okay. It doesn't seem ominous to me. It seems like she's just in an awkward stance, like she was, yeah, doing I, something. You know, I mean, kids are they mess with their arms and they do stuff weird and yeah but so. some people are very adamant like that is not normal so i don't i don't know. i don't know so there was a quote from sheriff beecham that i wanted to include um that i didn't at the last one possibly before the bodies were found this is what he had said mm-hmm. so here's the quote from him i've gone back and forth on this thing but my latest theory based on how the truck was parked and what was found in the truck I think they were forced to stop and got out of the truck to meet with someone they recognized. And I think they either left willingly or by force. Hmm. So that was kind of what he was thinking before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was before the remains were found. Yeah. Or that skull was found. Gotcha. Now. All right, let's get it. Yes. Here's what was found at the scene once they excavated. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. They found the skeletal remains of two adults and one child. Mm-hmm. So, they automatically thought this is probably the Jameson family. The Jameson family. Um, At this time, Israel Beecham was no longer sheriff of Latimer County. The investigation was then handled by Sheriff Jesse James and the OSBI, Uh which is the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation. So, what they found was three human skulls. They found shoes. Some sites say, or sources said there were three pairs of shoes. Some just said shoes. Um, They found bits of clothing, other bones, some being arm and leg bones, and bone fragments. Mm -hmm. There was not a full skeleton for any of them. Yeah. But it had been, what, four years? Over four years, yes. Over four years, yes. Since they went missing. Being out in the elements and stuff. Right. Um, They were found 2.6 miles from where the truck was. Dang, okay. So, but this is like aerial view, straight path, not what you would actually travel on the mountains Mm -hmm. so this is not including actually going through that terrain you would have had to go further than the 2.6 miles to get there on foot and one source stated that the actual walking distance would be closer to seven miles dang even though i'm not quite sure how accurate that is so you're thinking 2.6 miles they did a five mile radius how did they not find this yeah but we already covered everything from the first episode of the difficult terrain the rain, yeah. the leaves, the mud, everything. So, a lot of people that live around there understood why it would have been hard to find them. Yeah. If that's where they were. A lot of sources implied that the remains were just on the surface, so they weren't actually buried. Like, I didn't hear anything that said that they were, like, actually underneath. Like, they like, had been unearthed. Right. They were just there. Right. Sorry. Vehicles. Everybody and their mama out today. Nice Not weather. a soundproof room. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Anywho... Around July 3rd, 2014, so from November to July, that's how long it took for them to positively identify them as Bobby, Sherilyn, and Madison. Mm. The autopsy reports that were released on July 15th were inconclusive and the cause of death was unknown. 
Yeah, being that long. Yeah, and this was also due to the lack of what was found. Yeah. So Unless there's something, like, blatantly obvious. Yeah. So, like, bones can really give you a lot of information, but there's a lot of other injuries that could have happened or trauma that wasn't yeah, there to see. Yeah, you can't see bruising. You can't see scratches cuts, and stuff like that. Damaged organs, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now um, there's a couple of uh, interviews that were done with the family mm-hmm. that I'm going to go over. Um, Connie Kokatan, she was Sherilyn's mother. There was a, a newspaper article that was published November 19th, 2013. So this wasn't long after their remains were found, but before they were identified as the Jamison family. But she dismissed any theories related to drug use and suicide. And she didn't know anything about why they would have had that $32,000 in cash. Um, Not about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she attributed the weight loss on Sherilyn's part, at least, to her depression. Because that was one of the things that they said they had lost a lot of weight leading up to their disappearance, possibly indicating drug use. Yeah. So she was like, that was because she was depressed. So she struggled with appetite and stuff like that. She wholeheartedly believes, at the time of this newspaper article, that they were killed and by a religious cult. Okay. Yeah. So around the time that Sherilyn had went missing, Connie reported that she was, quote, told that she, Sherilyn, was on a cult's hit list, end quote. Okay. Yeah. The cult was never named. She never named who said anything. So that's what that's she That's another claims. thing that kind of substantiates the whole mental illness type thing, possibly. Well, whoever told her this wasn't, it wasn't Sherilyn. Oh, I who thought. Who said that? I thought. She told her that. Oh, okay. No. Connie reported that Connie was told, but oh. she didn't say who told her. Oh. Yeah. Never mind then. Weird. Very. <laughs> um, here's another quote from her. I think law enforcement knows more than they're saying. They've implied that over the years. End quote. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, that's all that was left with Connie. She believes they were killed. She thinks that it's very possibly a cult related killing Mm -hmm. but that's basically all she's got okay so um jack jameson was bobby's uncle it was his father's brother he's the one who carried out the will Mm -hmm. he dismissed any claims that bobby dean had anything to do with the disappearance or the death which is bobby jameson's father right because i was kind of thinking that too because of his violent behavior and because he left everything to madison yeah but his father if you remember had passed away in december of 2009 Mm -hmm. so they can't do anything, even if they thought he wasn't at this point. Yeah. Um, this is a quote from Bobby's uncle. He said he was either in a hospital or in a rest home talking about Bobby's father. I just don't think he was involved. He was disturbed at the time, but I'm pretty sure he was not capable of being involved in that. Huh. To this day, no one has ever been convicted. Oh. No answers have ever come to light about who was for sure involved. Well, okay, just drop a bomb on me. Sorry, but I needed to get that out of the way before I move on. Okay. So, apologies. Seems very early to be well, they've talked a gap to, band. Well, they've talked to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... They had already investigated this thoroughly when yeah. they went missing. So, they don't really have anything new that they found the bodies. They know where they were, but what else do they have? They already talked to everybody. Yeah, that's true. So, they didn't really have anything new to go on other than the fact that this is it. There's still a lot to talk about, though, because you have a whole packet. Yes, I do. (laughs) We are not done. So, I'm going to go over a few theories now on what people think may have happened. Some of them are like, uh, no, but some of them are like, hmm, maybe. Okay. So, the first one is that they died from starvation or exposure. 
there are reasons that could work and reasons why it couldn't because this implies that they left willingly. They left their truck there locked with Maisie in the vehicle without their phones, without their coats. You know, why yeah. would they do that and then just, I mean, died of starvation possibly if they got lost, but why would they be out there in the first place? That's the thing. Like, it's very possible that that's the cause of their deaths, but there has to be other circumstances surrounding that as yeah. to why. Yep. Why? As to why. Yeah. <laughs> so, this goes back to what Sheriff Beecham had said, that there are so many leads, but nothing is nothing panning out. to anything. Right. So, they can't narrow anything down. Mm-hmm. There was another quote I didn't add in here, but something along the lines of the fact that eventually by process of elimination, they rule out these possible scenarios and they weren't able to do that with anything. Yeah. So there's reasons why these theories fit, but then there's also reasons why they don't. So mm-hmm. you can't, you can't rule anything you can't out. rule it out one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Dang. So another one was that there was a, it was a drug deal gone wrong. So some people mm-hmm. still to this day believe that they were on drugs. Some people say, well, that didn't make sense because they wouldn't have taken their daughter up there. I don't necessarily think that's true because people do drugs around their kids all the time. Yeah, unfortunately. Yes. If, yeah, if I mean, they were deep enough into drugs, then most people yeah. in that state of mind don't care. Yeah, I mean, the drugs make you do crazy things. Yeah, you're not yourself. So, so I don't think the fact that Madison was with them really rules that out. Mm-hmm. But I understand why people would think that. So they think because of the cash and everything else that pointed them to drugs that this was what happened. Some people... Yeah, see, the thing with that, though, is if they, like, walked off to meet somebody, why would they not take the money? Yeah. And if they killed them, whatever, why would the person who did it not take the money? Yeah, but what if they didn't know that it was there? I mean, yeah, I guess. It was hidden underneath the seat. I don't know. (laughs) But remember, there was also a satchel that was missing, and there was a settlement, apparently, for $64,000. Oh, yeah, maybe they did get away with half of it. So, who knows? And a gun that's missing... So they don't know what happened to the other half of that settlement or whatever? Mm, no. Sorry, people. Motorcycles. It's a nice day. It is. Down here in Kentucky. Anyway. Holler. Yeah, that's where we're at. All right. Um, kind of going along with the drug deal gone wrong, I guess, um, because methamphetamine use was very popular around this area. Mm-hmm. Some people think that they may have stumbled upon something they shouldn't have seen. Yeah. They shouldn't have seen, sorry. And because of that, they were targeted. Possibly. Like I said, it kind of fits, but I don't think that, I think that you really have to think about the fact that the dog was locked in the car, no phones were taken, no jackets were taken, wallets, purses, all of that. That would still imply that they were walking around up there and came across something. So I don't think that that fits either. Yeah. Another one was Bobby's father killed them. Mm-hmm. That was one that was kind of obvious. Um, I think some people still may believe that he was involved some people may still think that it was a murder-suicide. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't I either. think that there would be a gun. Yeah. They, because they I think that that's the only way. They I can't don't know get rid else. of the gun. Yeah. There was a theory that I read where someone suggested that they took antifreeze up there and, like, did a murder-suicide that way. But I'm like, I don't think that that, I don't think you can justify that in any way. I don't know. That's a really, really rough way to go. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you take it and within an hour you're dead. And you I have doubt to it's continuously asleep. be drinking it, basically. Yeah, I mean, and we, over at least some amount of prolonged time. I'll take your word for it. So, before, yeah, that definitely doesn't fit. I don't understand. I mean, unless I'm mistaken, but everything I've heard about antifreeze poisoning, it's, yeah, it's going to take a Yeah, and it's a actually bit. physically poisoning your body. So, yeah, yeah so that would I be rough. I feel like 
you yeah. wouldn't be able to sit there and just yeah. deal with it and not try to reverse it. Yeah. So another theory is that it was due to cult involvement. Mm-hmm. Based on Connie Cocatan, she received that call. I want to say that there was something that said that she was contacted by somebody who used to be in a cult and they had a hit list and Sherilyn's name was on it. Hmm. This kind of makes me wonder about the white supremacist. If he was part of a cult when he fled or whatever and then maybe gave them oh, her yeah, information. Like um, the border, border yeah. that they had for a yeah. while. Now, I don't know. I feel like that's a far stretch, but I don't feel like it's any stranger than I mean, the rest of them. Im- yeah, it's not impossible, <laughs> but it's just another one that's, yeah, well, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. So, okay. Now, we get into some of the discrepancies that I came across. Okay. There was a few podcasts that I listened to on YouTube and Spotify and stuff. The first one, it was published or posted, whatever, in 2021. Mm-hmm. This was Halloween podcast. Halloween? Mm-hmm. Instead okay. of Halloween. So, some points that she made about the bodies. Um, the bodies were lying side by side and face down. Mm-hmm. There was a small dried flower next to Madison's shoes, which she thought was weird because of the state of the flower. Like, you would think after four years it would be gone. Yeah, like somebody went and put flowers on their grave, oh, in a sense. A, yeah, I don't know. It was just one small dried flower. Hmm. Yeah. Um, she mentioned that there was evidence of animal involvement, possibly bite marks. On the yeah. bones, but there was no evidence of trauma. Mm-hmm. However, there wasn't much to go on because of the lack of bones that was found. Yeah. There was a hole in the back of the skull that was determined to be Bobby's. Like a gunshot. That's what a lot of people think. This hole was not mentioned in the media. In the hmm. newspaper articles I read or anything. I was going to say even in the documentary, but the documentary was posted, was aired before they found the remains. Hmm. I forgot to mention that. But yeah, that's another reason why. All the information is in in one place. Right. Because they did this interview two years after. I think they aired the Disappeared episode two years after. So this was halfway in between when they they went missing and when they were found. Right. Hmm. But anyway, she mentioned that the FBI ruled out the fact that it was a gunshot wound or hole. Oh, okay. And how? I don't know. So maybe it was blunt force trauma and like fractured his skull. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> How big was it? That doesn't say. It just uh, the, uh, some people, I need more some people mentioned that it was small, a small hole. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, the hunter is the you know one who found the skulls. So I don't know. Weird. Moving on to the casual criminalist podcast. This one was also in 2021. He mentioned that the skulls were side by side and face down and arranged in a row. That's how he described it, based on whatever research they did. Is that not the same thing she said? Yes. Okay. She didn't say in a row, but they were side by side. But I'm talking, you know, like this is what different sources said about the bodies. How they were found. Yes. He also mentioned the dried flower and the hole in the back of one skull. Hmm. Okay. So where did they find this? So those are in alignment with each other. Mm-hmm. I listened to a BuzzFeed podcast. This one was published in 2018. Okay. There was no mention of the hole in the back of the skull or the formation of the remains that were found. It just said the bones were found. This one was also like 25 minutes and the other ones were like an hour. But I think that it's important to note that. Yeah. So maybe they just didn't go into as much detail. Maybe. But I'm not sure. So they possibly were found that way with a hole in Bobby's skull and possibly not. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, 
here are a few thoughts that I have or questions just kind of to throw them out there. You don't have to answer. You don't have to give feedback. But they're just things that I wanted to make note of. Okay. No pressure. (laughs) So one was the cadaver dogs. They kept going back to that water tower slash tank. Remember? Mm -hmm. I still don't understand that. That tank was drained. No evidence of anything. That's still confusing. I mean, would that have been on the route they would have taken to get to where they were found? I don't think so. But I don't know. But it's odd that it's just that one spot. Yeah, like they just, they, Not like they focused on the that scent. a lot. He picked up the scent there and then yeah. went with it somewhere else. They, I think they just repeatedly returned to that tank or whatever. So yeah. they drained it for that reason and nothing was found. So I just think that that's weird. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is odd. Um, also want to note that Sherilyn's gun, once again, was never found. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yep. Uh, it was a twenty two pistol that she had gone. Uh, the brown satchel slash suitcase thing that was seen being carried to the truck on the security cameras. Maybe the gun was in that. Maybe. That was also never found. The $64,000 settlement. This was never mentioned in the documentary that I watched. Hmm. It was only ever mentioned in a newspaper article that was published after their disappearance. That's the only place that I found that. On. And sometimes newspapers, I mean, they don't always get it right. Right. I know. You, I mean, just look at the Betty Gale Brown case. Yeah, that's insane. Good grief. Go listen to episode one. <laughs> yeah, shout out. If you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, as far as I know, the media never mentioned the hole in the back of the skull, which is weird. If it was there, you'd think they would mention that. Um, like, died from an apparent gunshot wound or whatever. Yeah, I will say the hunter was adamant that it was there. Oh, the hunter said that it was? Yes. Oh, okay. So, which I'll get more on that later. Um, the family, as far as I know, was never listed on the FBI's missing persons list. They were on other websites as far as, like, outreaches and stuff like that. But as far as FBI missing persons, they were not on it. And some people thought that that was odd. <laughs> See, that is odd because the FBI was working on the case. Right. Yeah, that's weird. Yep. Um, Bobby's uncle, I kind of had some suspicions about him because he was the one who carried out the will. He was adamant that his brother, Bobby's father, never had anything to do with it. Um, he carried out a will that he was not in, and his niece got everything. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just thought I was going to try to find more information about him. Couldn't find anything. Like, you think it's weird that he did that? Or what are you saying? I'm just wondering if there was any more information about him, because that's the only time he was mentioned. He was apparently interviewed and questioned, but I couldn't find anything other than those few quotes from the newspaper article, like that one article. Yeah. So, I, mean, I don't know. It was just me kind of going down a hole what about this guy let me look at him and i couldn't find anything yeah so i don't know he's probably fine (laughs) he's probably fine but it just i was just kind of like what about that guy so i put it in there yeah like if they had looked into him and me or whatever yeah so i don't know i know he was questioned and everything everything was probably ruled out or not enough to do anything so yeah okay now we are moving on to what i feel is like very vital okay okay In 2020, there was a podcast called I Don't Drink Coffee, (laughs) Um, which I think is uh, clever, but they did an interview with Israel Beecham. He actually used to work with these two guys. They're his friends, and they had him on a show, and during this episode, they interview him and talk with him about the Jameson case. Okay. And at first, he was like, well, what do you want to know? And his friend says everything. And he was like, no. (laughs) And his other friend was like, it's out there on the internet. Go look it up. So, it was kind of funny. But a lot of this information came from him. 
I have a lot of quotes and some audio clips that I want to play, but this was posted in 2020. Okay. Okay. So I want to go back to the other three podcasts that I listened to. The 2018 one. That was the BuzzFeed podcast, the shorter one that didn't mention the formation of the bodies or the hole in the skull. Okay. The other two were in 2021 and they both mentioned the formation of the bodies and the hole in the skull. So what about the one in 2020? I'm going to tell you. Okay. So Beecham started explaining how the investigation started, which is what I explained in the beginning. Part one. He is asked about the money and he says, quote, $32,000 from the Jameson case is missing still to this day. Half the money that was taken from the house. Okay, so there's clarification. Yes. $64,000. He referred to a lawsuit, and I'm assuming he's talking about the one that was mentioned in the newspaper article. He says it was a lawsuit for $64,000. That's all he says. Hmm. Okay, this lawsuit, like I said, it was never mentioned in the documentary. It was only mentioned in that article and here. Hmm. So, like, why? Maybe they thought it didn't have nothing to do with it. Whatever. Maybe it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, who knows? So then he says this little gem of a statement. He says, quote, I know what I know, but it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. End quote. What do you know? So now his friends are like, hold on, hold on, hold on. So basically he either knows, knows what happened or he has a very good idea. He just can't prove it. That's what it sounds like, right? <sighs> Beecham. <laughs> so now I'm going to play you an audio clip of what he says after this. Okay. How exclusive can we get here? Well, he can tell everything. I, I, I can tell everything. I know who done it. I know who killed him. You do? You I think lie you... 100% they were killed. The OSBI and the FBI are full of shit. There you go. Speak that into the mic. Yes. The OSBI and the FBI are full of shit. The two parents or the adults were killed. They were shot in the back of the head. I can't tell you who done it because if I do that, they're going to get me for slander. Because they're going to claim that I'm going to run their lives. But there's a lot of crap that went on that, you know, I mean, it's obvious. Follow the money, as they say. Mm. It's just that simple. I, I mean, I knew within a month or two who done it. But I can't prove it. So it doesn't matter. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. So, after I heard that, I was like, okay, what? Just like you. So, before I got any further into this, I need to tell you that I don't know who did it. I don't know who he thinks or he knows who did it. He doesn't say. It's somebody important. It's, I think it has somebody to be. Somebody in a position of power. Somebody who holds a lot of weight. Is see, that a I, saying? See, I thought that originally, but I have no idea who it could be. Do you want me to keep going? I don't know. You don't know if you want me to keep going? <laughs> I mean, I don't know who it is. Oh, Beecham. Can you imagine if you knew, you had no doubt that you knew who killed these two people and their right. child and you couldn't do anything about it? They were yeah. they were shot. He didn't say Madison was shot. He just he said did not. the adults. Right. So Bobby and Cher Sherilyn. Mm -hmm. So they were shot. Okay. According to, Sher to former Sheriff Beecham. Okay. Which I feel like, why he would he, what would he have reason to about. lie about now? This is 2020. Like, he's not even sheriff anymore. I don't even know if he works for the county police department anymore, you know? Yeah, I'm just so. saying. Um, Beecham, since I know you listen to our podcast, <laughs> not to go dark, but on your deathbed, <laughs> you, you better whisper a little something, something. Yeah. So, 
now we're going to get into a few more details that are contradicting with some of the other things that we've covered, mainly media-related or investigation-related, okay? Okay. And before I do this, I don't want to downplay the efforts of the FBI or the efforts of any police force or investigation force whatsoever. But I know that there are times that they don't do their job. Oh, yeah. For sure. But there are also times that they do their job 100,000%. So, oh, yeah. This is just one of the cases where it's not. It just happened. Certain people on this case probably didn't do Um, due diligence. uh, So, if you can't tell by now, it has to do with the FBI and the OSBI. Mm -hmm. The documentary on the TV show Disappeared doesn't really align with this interview. Because of what Beecham says. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You do not get this vibe from that documentary at all. Like the documentary seems like they crossed all their T's. They dotted mm-hmm. all their I's. They did everything by the book. Right. So um, Sheriff Beecham was interviewed on this episode. And a lot of my information came from what he said. But the interview aired in December of 2010. So it wasn't, it was barely over a year after. Not two. Sorry. My bad. The but, The disappeared episode? Yes. Was, in, was 2000. in 2010. Yeah. Okay. After I watched this interview with his friends, I, I had really conflicting feelings. Mm-hmm. And you're going to understand why as I go through. I mean, I already do. Continue. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Beecham says the reason why this difference was partly because of PR stuff or public relations for those who don't know, which is how things are viewed by the public or the society. You know, they have to maintain a certain image. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. he said that that was why. He said that... Um, the FBI and the OSBI didn't do much to help with the case other than the first six FBI agents that showed up to assist them. And one female, but she wasn't named. But that female and the first six ones that went out there were remarkable. They did a great job. But after that, there was like they, two other ones, and he said they didn't do anything. One they of just kind of had out. their name on it, and that's it. Yeah, one of the agents of the two that were sent went out to the site with him once, and that was it. Mm. And I'm going to be redundant with Beecham said this, Beecham said that, but you're just going to have to bear with me. (laughs) You're fine. And I might go on a rant. (laughs) (laughs) So other than that, or other than the agents that did well, and due to the PR, Beecham said, quote, back then I couldn't call people out the way I wanted to, end quote. So it sounds like people aren't doing their job. Beecham can't say anything. Beecham is part of the Latimer County Police Department. He's not part of the FBI. He's not part of the Bureau of Investigation at all. He can't do what he wants to do. Yeah. As time went on and nothing was ever disclosed, no new information ever came out, Beecham thought that maybe they were just holding on to something in order to catch the guy, waiting for something to come up. They've got something and they're going to nail him. Yeah. Waiting Um, for somebody to slip up and be like, we never said that. Right. How do you know that? Something, yeah. But then he said, quote, no, they're not telling anybody because they didn't do nothing, end quote. Dang. Yeah. So he says, they're not talking because they're not investigating. They're like, they're done. But, unfortunately, the case is officially closed. What? And to my understanding, it has been for a long time. Okay, so in order for it to be closed, they have to make a ruling as to their cause of death, yes? I don't know. I just know that he had his friends on the podcast. Like I said, they used to work with Sheriff Beecham, or Mm -hmm. former Sheriff Beecham. And one of them had asked a female OSBI agent about it. He's like, the gun's still missing. People are still missing. Nobody's been convicted. She said, it's closed. That might not be the way she said it, but that's what he said. It's closed. How can you close a case that's not solved? I don't know. 
closed is basically interchangeable with solved. You would think so. And like a lot of other podcasts and information says that it's unsolved. It's open case. It's cold case. It's not. It's closed. But it is a right. cold case. And right. it is unsolved. Right. What the frack? Right. Oh, okay. So, um, some more of Beecham's comments, thoughts, whatever. Um, regarding the theory of murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. Beecham said, quote, you can't commit suicide and be in a shallow grave, end quote. Oh, so he what? they were in a shallow grave. Right? And I was like, huh? Uh-huh. So this suggests that he feels like they were actually badly buried. Yeah. Is your brain still working? Because I don't know about mine. <laughs> I'm going to go with what Beecham says. Right. I don't feel like he would have a reason to lie or fabricate anything. No. And he stood on, he was on this for months, even after he wasn't sheriff anymore. Yeah. So like years. Um, so as far as a shallow grave thing, this was never mentioned to my knowledge in anything else that I watched or read. Mm-hmm. Like it just said, they stumbled across bones. This is what was found. It could be one of those things that's just like a saying people say, you know, found in a shallow grave, even if it technically wasn't a shallow grave. You yeah. know what I mean? It could have just been something he said. Yeah. Well, he said it multiple times. I don't know then. I don't know. I know. Beecham. Come on our podcast, man. <laughs> um, suicide was also ruled out because of the fact that no gun was found. Beecham said that the FBI and the OSBI, quote, would have jumped on that immediately, end quote, so they could close the case quickly. Yeah. So if they found a gun, it'd be like, yep, murder-suicide, done. We did our job. Mm-hmm. That's what they're implying here. Basically, everything I say here, if I don't say Beecham said it, like, Beecham said it. <laughs> we got you. Um, Madison's remains were found, quote, within 100 yards of them end quote, referring to the two adult remains, and he said that she wasn't killed. This is odd because everything else portrayed that the bodies were all side by side, face down. Yeah. Right? There's a big difference between that and a hundred yards away. Like they hundred yards sound- is a football field. Yes? Football field? Yeah, it is actually. That's crazy. That's I never thought about that. Within a hundred yards. He said within a hundred yards. But if it was right there, you would have stepped right there. And but- he said she wasn't killed? Mm-hmm. So, what, she just died from starvation or exposure or something? That's what he thinks. That's sad. Yeah. So, he said that the remains were found 100 yards from the road. And I think that this was the road leading to where the truck was found abandoned. Mm-hmm. So, like, my thought was, so I'm going to try to get this to where you're going to see. Because they can't see your hands. Right. <laughs> so, the road, let's say just up and down line, this is the road. And then say 2.6 miles from that, like off in any direction. So like off of the road. That's not quite right. Let's say you'd have to go up the road a little bit and then off the road 100 yards. <laughs> I just, I don't know. What are you explaining? Um, <laughs> the fact that just they because were they found... were found 2.6 miles from the truck doesn't mean they were found 2.6 miles from a road. So let's say we're 2.6 miles from here to another house, but that house is not that far off the road because you follow the road. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Okay. I am so sorry for any of you listening that are just like, <laughs> please stop talking. <laughs> am I making sense though? Because whatever thought that I had originally was that it was 2.6 miles off the road, but that wasn't necessarily I mean, the case. It's, the, it's the same thing as saying I can look out my window and there's a house in the distance. I can't walk straight to that house. I have to take a road that goes around. It's closer right. to me, but if I was to take the road, it's a further distance. Right. But also, that house is actually not that far from the road over there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Sort of. <laughs> okay. Beecham said that the remains were found 100 yards from the road. And so, I think that this was the road leading to where the truck was found abandoned. 
Okay. So I originally thought that the location where the family had stayed for a bit, where they took that picture, mm-hmm. um, I thought that they had walked up a hill to get there. They got out of the truck, walked up a hill, spent however much time there. Okay, right? Took that picture. That's what the documentary said. Right. And a lot of other sources. But after listening more closely to this interview, I'm wondering if that distance from the truck, or at least most of it, was actually driven. And then they drove back. Oh, so they didn't walk up to take the picture. They drove. Yeah, because there was a road Hmm. that went most of the way up there. And there's a clip I want to play, another one of an explanation of where this truck was mm-hmm. that Beecham says. And I think that it helps explain it, but it also, like, it can raise questions if you don't know what you're looking at. Okay. But he was there, so he knew. Gotcha. GPS of the phone shows I'm on the location in a certain spot for a while there, right? So you got a location right here and you got the road coming off. And if you remember the road, it had a drop off about three foot on each side. Only one vehicle would fit. Vehicles right here on the location. The majority of the time that they were there where the picture was taken, well, up on the hill, everything, right? And then the vehicle stops on the road on the way off with a three foot drop off on each side. Does that clarify anything for you? I, d- I don't really know what... Okay, so he's he's painting a picture that they didn't walk up to where that picture was taken. Like that little bluff I said, the GPS said that they walked up there, stayed for a while, took a picture, came back down to the truck. All of that was just basically saying they drove. Yeah. Okay. But that wasn't portrayed there, so I thought that was odd. And the fact that the remains were found 100 yards off the road... That kind of raised questions for me because I was like, if they were found 100 yards off the road, but they were 2.6 miles from the truck, they were driven further from their truck or they drove further, whatever. They walked up the road and then off the road or they were driven. So why wouldn't the other sources just say that they had drove to that place? I don't know. Maybe that's complicated because I had a hard time understanding it and I'm sure everybody else has too. I'm sorry. Yeah. They may be like, move on. Yeah. Move on. Either they did or they didn't. It's... I just, I wanted to stress the fact that they were found 100 yards off the road. And I thought that I should explain the layout of the area more for you to understand how they were found 100 yards off the road when they were found 2.6 miles from their truck. Well, I mean, it's just the same road. I mean, it's not 100 yards from their truck. Right. So, Beecham was adamant that the hole in the back of the head was a bullet hole. Okay. He said, let's get real. (laughs) Many others agree with this. The hunter agrees with this. And someone said, well, maybe let the professionals do their job. And I'm like, he's a hunter. He, he might be a know. professional on bullet holes, you know, like. I mean, enough to probably know what and he just is. And he just agreed that he thought it was a bullet hole. Yeah. So the bullet hole theory, whatever, it was ruled out by investigators. And here we're talking about the OSBI and the FBI. Why? I don't know. But there once was a claim that it was done by animals. Um, And I don't know if this came from the FBI and the OSBI, but Beecham said that someone once said coyote and he was like, come off it. (laughs) Like, no. Because his friends were like, they're not going to bite through a skull. No. So maybe not it, but not bite through it. I mean, there may be marks on it. Yeah. This and that, blah, blah. If anything, it could be splintered off in sections and stuff, but like one hole Mm -hmm. and that's it. No. Yeah. The um, investigators, I guess we can call them the B.I., Instead of listing off both of them. Whatever. The B.I.s. <laughs> B.I. B.I. Yeah. So they also mentioned natural causes as the reason for death. Assuming that this means exposure to the elements. Stuff like that. But Beecham is like, no, that was a bullet hole. That theory is stupid, basically. Yeah. 
So. I agree. Yeah. Um, Beecham, he said that the reason that so many people know about the hole in the back of the Bobby skull is because of the hunter that found it. Not because of law enforcement. Yeah. He said, quote, no one would release that information, end quote. So, no one would release that information. Like, no one would as in they never did, or no one would as in not if it wasn't already known. Like, if he didn't say that, we wouldn't have said it. Or, he said that, but we never did. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know quite what he meant there. Like, did he mean nobody in that position would have released that information? Or was he saying they actually didn't do it? The bullet hole information only came from the hunter. Yeah. I don't don't know. know. So, now we're going to talk about what Beecham actually thought happened. What he believes. Okay, yes. Tell me. So, all $64,000 was in the truck with them. Mm-hmm. They had it all. He thinks that half of it was in plain sight and the rest was under the driver's seat where it was found. The half that was in plain sight was taken along with the gun. Right. He didn't say this, but I wonder if possibly the half that he believed was taken was in that brown satchel suitcase thing. Yeah, probably. Um, someone did mention that before the remains were found or whatever, that possibly that money is in that bag. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who said that, but he thinks that someone stopped them on that road. They didn't stop voluntarily. And I'm going to play you one more clip of his justification on why they wouldn't have stopped on their own. Okay. Why would you stop right there? And the, even if you were going to stop right there to go do something, why would you walk 2.6 miles? from your vehicle being left in the road where people can't get onto the location to where you have a six-year-old daughter that you got to get out of the vehicle on a three-foot drop-off. So he's saying nobody would willingly stop on a road where people couldn't get by, let alone with the drop-off on each side and a six-year-old little girl. Yeah. I mean, that, so, that he's basically saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that it's going to be basically a pain in the butt to get out of the truck right there because you have these drop-offs on both sides. Right. You don't have the room. Right. And you've got a six-year-old. Yeah. And you're on a road that only one vehicle can fit, so you're just going to stop in the middle of the road. Nobody can, else can get in or out. And there's plenty of road left. Yeah. So why walk it? Right. I ain't walking if I ain't got to. Right. I don't know. He also said that whoever it was that he thinks stopped them wasn't just a random person. He said that whoever it was knew that they were going to be up there. True. They would have to know that. So did you say that they had looked into the guy that they were buying the land from? Yeah. And he was he was clear. They cleared him. I don't I don't have like the interview or questioning or anything, but he said that he saw them. He never saw anybody else. I don't know. I will say, though, that there's one type of person that most people are going to stop for. Somebody in law enforcement. Yeah. Somebody in a uniform you're going to stop if a cop is telling you to stop. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. Because, I mean, you would think that another vehicle had to have been stopped there for them to stop. Yeah. Because at first I was like somebody like waving them down or whatever, but there had to, there was probably a car there. Yeah. They got out mm-hmm. to help. They maybe were seemingly broke down or whatever they get out to help they attack them somehow get them in the car and then take madison because they wouldn't have a choice but to stop because you can't go around them right yeah (sighs) can we keep going yeah i don't know (laughs) um so he says quote they either got out by gunpoint or they got out because they knew the person end quote i'm gonna say something about this statement right here and i hope it makes sense um, if it doesn't, you, maybe you can help me reword it or something. Um, so he said he knew who did it, mm-hmm. right? And he's cryptic because he can't say who it is. Right. 
So he says they got out by gunpoint or they got out because they knew the person. So does he think that they would have gotten out anyway with or without a gun because they knew who it was? So you're saying like, is he giving us the answer? Saying there's only two ways they would have gotten out gunpoint or wink wink because they knew them wink wink right that's what i'm wondering did he mean by that i don't have an answer but i wondered that when he said that i don't know like maybe they didn't have a gun with or without it like i don't know if he would know that but they would have done it anyway because they knew who it was here's the thing with a gun though whoever did this i'm assuming took the gun that the jamesons had what if they were law enforcement and had one of their own too I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If they had one of their own, why would they take their gun? The Jameson's gun. Unless they took the bag of money and the gun was just in there. I don't know. Yeah, okay? I know. I, don't I know. know. I know. I'm trying to like talk you, up not... to a breakthrough and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not smart enough to figure this out. I think that if nobody else has in 14 years mm-hmm. without being able to prove it, then I don't think we can mm. with our amount of training that we have. <laughs> I feel like Beecham knows he can prove it. But he says he can't, because if he could, he would have done it already. He can't just say who it is without proof, because then that's slander, is what he's saying. He can't prove it. I don't know. I was thinking maybe he can prove it, but he can't, because certain circumstances are circumstances that. are keeping him from. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he he said proof. he can't prove it. Okay, but I wish he could. Yeah. So according to Beecham's beliefs. Once again, Bobby Jameson's back issues pretty much just abolishes the theory that he walked 2.6 miles on Panola Mountain of his own accord. Oh, yeah. I forgot about his whole back yeah. problems. Yeah, they didn't They didn't walk. Yeah. Beecham himself, who's in decent shape, he said that that distance would have taken him maybe half a day. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that they would have done that willingly, especially with Bobby's back. Yeah. So this is his final, this is what happened to them. Okay. What he thinks. Quote, a person drove them out there. Then walked them a hundred yards off the road. Didn't spend much time burying them. And didn't have, probably, this is an assumption, didn't have the gump to kill the six-year-old. Left the poor six-year-old out there. End quote. So, Bobby and Sherilyn were murdered by gunshots to the back of the head. And Madison was left out there and she died due to exposure. Mm. That is former Sheriff Israel Beecham's theory on what happened. Very plausible. I mean, it makes the most sense to me. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, figuring out what happened to them isn't the hard part the part that sucks is who why yeah Yeah. and that's it that's it Mm. there are multiple theories um all of them are strange what Beecham said in this interview I didn't hear that anywhere else yeah I didn't hear the fact that they were stopped on that road somebody knew they were going to be up there and stopped them drove them out there and walked them out to kill them I've never heard that in anything else Hmm. So, someone knew they were going to be up there. And that's another thing that made me think of maybe Bobby's uncle. Yeah. Because family knew they were going up there to, to look at land, buy land. But I couldn't find anything on him. Who would have something to gain? And they also said, follow the money. So, the fact that Bobby's father's, everything in his will was left to Madison. I thought maybe that had something to do with it. But, mm-hmm. I don't know. And they knew them. I don't know. I'm at a loss, for sure. Um, I hope that... One day that this could be solved for our knowledge, but I do know 100% that everything will be brought to the light and everybody will face their own judgment. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding on to that regardless. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is the crazy, bizarre, unsolved cold case of the Jamison family disappearance and deaths. Mm-hmm. Not closed. No, not. 
If you have any of your own theories that you would like to share, as well as any personal stories, case suggestions, things of that sort, email us. Email us. (laughs) (laughs) Email us. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram so you can see pictures related to this episode. Follow us on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Become a relative by joining our Patreon. (laughs) Yes. Not by marrying our cousin. Right. We also have Twitter. I think that's it. I think that's it too. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Come back. Bye. 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 Goodbye.